It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.07 on a Saturday morning, 66 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. If you have a garden question, you heard the number, 404-872-0750. We try to match up as many garden answers as there are garden questions. We've got a full stack of people on right now with questions about their garden. 404-872-0750. Marshall is in Bethlehem, Georgia. Hey, Marshall, good morning. Good morning, Walter Reeves. Hi, where are you? Uh, Marshall, I'm doing great. What's up? Good. I got a couple of real special Jap- uh, Japanese maples my wife and I have planted. We yeah. moved them once from Conyers to Bethlehem when we yeah. moved here. All right. And it's got lichen all over it. Yeah. And I didn't know what it was, and I had a guy look at it, and he said, yes, sir, it's lichen. You better get something for it. Uh-huh. So I contacted uh, our, our famous uh, boys down here at the uh, one of our biggest nurseries, and they told me that uh, I needed to get some copper fungicide. Mm. And then they said that uh, I needed to get some tree and shrub protecting feed. Lord help uh, us. By Bayer Advanced or Bio Advanced now. <clears throat> what are they talking about, Marshall? You know that's not true. Lichens don't hurt <laughs> trees. Lichens don't do a darn thing to your Japanese maple. There's no way in the world they'd have anything to do with copper fungicide and tree feed. And, uh, come on. No. Anybody who's taken one second to look it up to find out what a lichen is can immediately say, no, lichens simply live on bark because it's yeah. off the ground and it's a place for the for the algae and the fungus that are sort of symbiotic with each other to make a lichen, but they are not harmful, so there's no reason to control them. Wow. Well, what do you think possibly caused in the one of the limbs died? That's when I got serious about it and called our friends, yeah. Pikes. You know, they've been yeah. around as long as I have. And... Uh, they, that's what they directed me to do. Yeah, the limb may have died from something else. It wasn't from lichens. Okay. So you think it's, it's a drought, drought thing? Could be, yeah. Could be drought, problem? soil problem. Um, the Asian ambrosia beetles, lots of things could cause the limb to die, yeah. But it wasn't lichens, I guarantee you. It was not okay. lichens. So am I, what can I do to get rid of the lichen? Is that the correct thing? Don't, doing yeah, that don't worry about proper? it. Don't worry about it. If, don't? it doesn't, if it doesn't hurt the tree, why worry about it? And uh, some people sort of think they look cool on the tree. If you really want to get rid of them, Marshall, you can get a little plastic scrubber like you use in the kitchen. You very lightly and gently scrub them off the bark. Um, okay. But there's no need to do that particularly. All right. Well, how's things going with you? Other than that, I'm doing fine. I got this back brace on this morning. It makes my voice pretty high-pitched, yeah. you know, and so uh, I don't like that, well, but there you go. Well, I've been listening to you for a long time. This is my first caller. I was, uh, I'm was, Atlanta native, too, me and you yeah. and Clark Howard. I yeah, guess yeah, probably yeah. one of the very few left, but uh, I knew that your voice had been changed. That's why I asked you that question. Yeah. I'm a pastor here in Bethlehem, and I thought, well, I'm going to ask, uh, ask him if he's all right, everything going well with him. If you will, add me to your prayer list, Marshall, say, hope Walter's back and spine do better than they have been. I'd appreciate that. Well, sir, I got you on my prayer list from now. We pray every morning and every night, and I promise you, Walter, we'll certainly be sending up some prayers for you. If I feel better, I'll let you know. Lord bless you. Thank you, Marshall. Have a blessed day. You bet. We'll see you soon. Alan is in College Park, Georgia, and joins us. Hey, Alan, good morning. 
Hey, Walter, how you doing? I'm doing all right, Alan. What's up? Good, good. I have um, some Sago palm tree seeds. Yeah, sure. There's some somebody gave me, and I, I have a bag full of them. Should I, should I plant them now, or can I just hold on to them in my garage and uh, and plant them in the spring? Uh, don't don't let them freeze. That's one thing we don't want to do is freeze them. But it's spring okay. is better planted than fall, so we're going to plant them next spring. Okay. Now here's there's some a little bit of technique in how you use sago palms, uh, how you plant sago palm seed, Alan. So next spring, put them in a bucket of water and see which ones float and which ones don't float. The ones that float are probably not going to germinate. You can just pitch them and okay. you don't need those anymore. The ones that okay. That do not float, that sink to the bottom of the bucket. You can take a little bitty paring knife and peel off that outside red skin. And when you peel off the red skin, then they can push that into the uh, soil of a little pot, cover it with plastic so it doesn't evaporate much water from it, stays moist. It can be sometimes okay. four to six weeks before it germinates, but usually it'll germinate by sometime mid June. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, Alan. Thanks. Good luck with it. Right. Thanks for calling. Take care, Walter. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Twelve minutes past the hour. Margaret is in Sandy Springs and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Margaret, good morning. Hey, Walter. Hey, Margaret, what's up? Well, you're going to laugh, I know. Um, <laughs> something Maybe. is killing my ivy. Oh, no. <laughs> what a tragedy. Right. <laughs> and evidently and, you, you like the English ivy. Don't want something to kill your English ivy. Exactly. It's been there. I mean, we've been there 20 years, and it was there when we got there, and it's been healthy until about two years ago. The leaves, it's about two beds, about 20 feet wide and about 60 feet long, and they're under cherry trees. And the part that's closest to the lungs, the leaves started turning yellow and curling up and then turning brown and Mm. getting crispy and falling off, and then eventually it was just decimated. I mean... I, I don't know. And it started coming back a little bit. We thought, okay, it's doing better. We fertilized it. I looked up. So I yeah. forget some kind of thing like that copper fungus. I put something else out there to to try to address it, but it, it started happening again this year. Is it under irrigation? Do you have any irrigation system watering no. it? Okay, that's Mm-mm. that's good because usually that is a bad thing to have irrigated oh. English ivy. It gets leaf spots pretty easily. I see the same thing, Margaret, and I've had it on myself on a neighbor's property. What we ended up doing and seemed to work just fine for us was I took my lawnmower set up real high and I mowed over the dead brown area and around the edges of it. And within, it was no more than two weeks, maybe three, but lots of little leaves started coming up throughout the area that I had mowed. No fertilizer, uh-huh. no water, no nothing. Just everything recovered, and now it's covered in green. Looks great right now. I have no idea why that worked, but it did. So, and so if, even if it's bare, the roots have fallen off completely. Just the edges of the healthy, and that yep. stimulates growth of the healthy to come back there. Even there too, I don't know why particularly because there's some roots, some stems that were still on the ground that we mowed over. And again, my mower was set about three inches, I guess, high. And we didn't spray it with anything. It's just within three weeks, everything started greening up again. Huh. So there's no proof there of anything that I did special for it. It could be it just got a little bit drier because the mowing, you know, allowed more sunshine to get in there and dry things out a little bit better. 
Maybe that was it, but I don't have any proof that that's what really was the cure. I don't know. What, any idea about the cause? Water somewhere, somehow. But I couldn't tell you where because you don't have it under irrigation, so it's not, you know, not too right. much water, it doesn't sound like. We've had a dry summer, so it doesn't sound like it's going to be, you know, rainfall going down the hill or something accumulating in that patch. Water somewhere is a problem, but... Can't tell you where or when, but I will say that you should try mowing and let me know what happens. I'll do that. Thank you. And a backache is the worst thing in the world. I mm. sure hope you feel better. I have a compression fracture. Ow! Ow! T12, oh. T12. All you nice gardeners out there, lift with your legs, not with your back, and don't oh. turn out like me. T12 compression fracture, and boy, oh boy, when I put this brace on in the morning... My voice goes real high because you can't. You got to hold her tight. Hold her tight. Like ladies used to wear corsets. I have a lot of uh, uh, sympathy for ladies who wear corsets because I am sure tightened up this morning. <laughs> I hope it gets better. Me too. Add me to your prayer list. That'd be great, Margaret. We'll do that. Thank you, Walter. Thanks so much for calling. It's 817 at News Talk WSB. Back after this. Scott Slade here on your WSB Weekend. Enjoy Walter Reeves Lawn and Garden and Dave Baker's Home Fix-It this morning on 95.5 WSB. The WSB News Team, meteorologist Kirk Mellish and I will be here Monday morning with Atlanta's Morning News. Here's Walter. Though you've gone away this morning, you'll be back again tonight. Telling me there'll be no next time if I just don't treat you right. You'll never leave me and you know it's true. Cause you like me too much and I like you You've tried before to That is a great me, song, Justin. Good choice this morning. Quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, scattered showers increasing a little bit throughout the day. High tonight, high today, 74. Low tonight, 60. Tomorrow, the sun and clouds mixed up together. Rain, 20% chance of that. High of 73 and a low of 52. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. Barbara is in Hickory Flat and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Barbara, good morning. Good morning. Hi. So what's the question, Barb? Okay, um, I, um, my naked lady lilies yeah. bloomed last month, and they were absolutely gorgeous. Right. And I wanted to share um, them with friends, so I dug them up, and I'm wondering how I take care of them until they're planted again. Shall I keep the bulbs moist, or shall I let them dry out? The best thing you can do for them is to put them in a place that they can sprout and have new foliage on them, because unlike... Most other bulbs that have the foliage on them during the spring from March through June, let's say, naked ladies, lycoris, and the other plants that bloom in the fall, they make their foliage that absorbs all the energy for their bloom now. And so you oh. have to have foliage on them now in order for them to bloom next year uh, in the fall. So somehow, somewhere, Barbara, you need to plant those bulbs so that they can go ahead and sprout and have leaves on them from now until May. Okay, so I give them away real soon yeah, and exactly. tell the people to plant them, like, in the next few weeks. Tell them that Christmas comes early this year, and you want them to plant those as soon as possible. Okay, and how deep, and um, 
and I guess just good soil. Yeah, but how deep she'll but an inch is fine. Inch is fine. And when you say you had naked ladies, what what color were the flowers, Barbara? Red, and they're absolutely gorgeous. So I call those plants. I wanted to be sure which one you're talking about. I call those plants spider lilies or hurricane lilies or surprise lilies. But I know yeah, my mom up in Michigan had um, what she called magic lilies, uh-huh. and they were pink. Yeah, and, and I was told that my naked ladies are are. Uh, red. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I call the pink ones uh, naked lady and the red ones spider lily. But you know, oh. all of the same thing. They need foliage in the wintertime in order to absorb energy. So tell your people to come on out and plant them in the ground. Let the leaves develop and let them uh, get the energy for next year. Okay. Thank you so much. Barbara, I appreciate it. Great talking to you. Thanks for calling. Mm-hmm. Bye. I remember so clearly in Cincinnati. I was doing TV up there several years ago. And the lady that was driving me to the TV set, this is the garden we were filming, <laughs> we were going easily 30, 40 miles an hour. All of a sudden, I put my hand up on the dash and pounded it sort of hard. I said, oh, Barb, stop right now. There's a naked lady over there. And she said, what? A naked lady? What? Well, it was a naked lady plant, the flower, the pink flower that had bloomed in someone's yard. I wanted a picture of it. So the naked lady I call Lycoris squamigeria is the uh, one that I call naked lady, but some people call them other things, surprise lily and things like that. The red ones that come up in the spring or in the uh, fall, they call them spider lilies, they call them naked ladies, they call them hurricane lilies, but they all got to have foliage on them, they all got to have leaves in order to get the energy to bloom next year. 827 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden and Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on 95.5 WSB. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center, playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.35 on a Saturday morning, 65 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in your landscape. And we have a special question this morning. We'll deal with it in a special way. First, Jan in Milledgeville. Jan, t- tell your question to us. Tell you what you want to know. Okay. Um, when I was on vacation earlier this year, I was out of state and bought uh, two caladium bulbs. Uh-huh. I mean, they weren't bulbs. They were flower plants at the time. Beautiful, unique. Just I, I, I love caladium, so I know sure. I've seen a lot of them. They're unique. So I wanted. I they've kind of gotten kind of wimpy, and I so I cut them back a little and put them into pots. But uh, and I know they're not they're annuals here. So I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to overwinter them. And I read that you put them. You can put them in a closet in your house uh-huh. over the winter in a warm closet and then bring them back out. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'd love to be able to keep them. As soon as I saw your question on my computer screen here, Jan, I laughed and thought, man, I've I've never had success in saving Caladium bulbs. But I do know somebody who has had success, and that is our guest, Mickey Gasway from Pike Nursery. And so let's bring Mickey in here as well, and we'll get (laughs) all three of us talking to everybody about what to do about the Caladium bulbs. That's right. 
So you what want do me, we do? You want, my, you want my take on it? Yes, what's your take on it? Okay. I take mine out of the pot, yeah. and I just lay, I, I shake the dirt off of them, and I, I put them in the garage, and I just lay them out for about two weeks. Now, it's getting cool. You don't, they're real sensitive. I usually do this a month before. Yeah. I, and I let them dry out, and then I cut the foliage off of them, and I put them in, usually perlite, and I put them in a, not a plastic bag, but a, a paper bag, and I put them in the closet. And I try to remember what I do with them. So you forget. <laughs> you forget where they are, what you do. Yeah. With them. All right. But you don't want them to get too cold, and you don't want to put them in a plastic bag where they can't air out. They, right. they need to dry out a little bit. But I have real good success with it. So tell me more about this. Put them in mm-hmm. the, and just dig them up and lay them out for a while. Tell me more about when you do that and what, how you know when to do the digging. Well, out. I use. I just, well, I do it when I think, well, Nikki, you better dig them up if you want them to, you know, if you want to save them over. Usually I do it in September uh-huh. because palladiums are real cold sensitive. And so I usually do it at the end of September, into October. I've done it Halloween, you know, but you don't want them to get too cold. And um, so I just lay them out and... Yeah. Um, when I start to put in the, you know, whatever else I'm putting in there, and I let I lay them out and let them dry out, and I think that's important. And I do that for about a week or two, and then I cut the foliage off and put them up, and they do. Do you check on them to see if they dried out during the winter when they're in your closet? No, I don't check on them because you can't remember where I, they are in the first place. I can't place. remember where they are. That's right. <laughs> no, I, I don't. Check on them. I just put them in there. But it's really important. I've had people put them in plastic containers and seal them up. You don't want to do that because they need to breathe, I think. All right. All right. Next year, <laughs> next year, I will buy the Caladiums. We all have them on sale in the spring. I will grow them all summer long, and I'll do my best to do what you say, and we'll save okay. those Caladiums. And take pictures. I'll take pictures all the way, all the way through right. it. <laughs> so you can prove that prove to me that you did it right. And I hope that helps Jan. She's <laughs> listening listening on the other line here. So Mickey, let's get on to our real business of the morning, which is to announce what is for sale for twenty percent off at all Pike Nursery locations this weekend. What is our picture? Laura uh, Padlum. Laura, Laura Padlum. Chinese, Chinese French plant flower. flower. That's yeah. Right. Yeah, I love them. They're so pretty. And um We've got lots of different kinds. When I first came with Pikes, we only had one kind. I was trying to remember what it was, and I can't remember. Big, it was the first purple one I'd ever seen that gets huge. I believe it was big and bigger, or huge and huger, either way. Yeah. They were just more bigger than we ever thought we'd see a shrub be that had those purple leaves on them. And we and learned, remember, it said it was going to get, like, four feet tall. Good luck And it ended up that. getting 12 feet tall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chainsaw, yeah. chainsaw printing on that mm-hmm. thing. But now there are lots of different varieties that are so much smaller and easier to control, and they've been prettier too. I love the Crimson Fire. That's one of my favorites. You got I jazz love hands. It. Jazz hands yeah. looks pretty. Oh yeah, that's cool with all the variegated yeah. foliage. Yeah. yeah, it's neat looking. And they're all, you know, in the spring when they're in that full bloom. That's when they get the big bloom. Is in the spring, and a lot of times. I'll see them on the side of the road, and I'll say, oh, look at those azaleas, and then I realize they're not <laughs> azaleas there. Um, and I have people do that all the time. So, But the big bloom is in the spring, yeah. and so that's what you want to kind of gear toward that as far as your pruning and everything. And there's also good to remember there are not only laurel petals, which have the purple leaves and the sort of pinkish flaming red flowers, mm-hmm. but also some that have green leaves and white mm-hmm. flowers. Yeah. 
Yep, there are. Those were the original ones, and yeah. now they're. But they were. Bit, now there's some smaller ones. I don't think we've got any right now, but we have them from time to time. Uh-huh. They're pretty, uh-huh. and they're evergreen, and it's a good thing. It's a, a good tough, plant. A tough shrub. What is easy to guarantee for life because they will withstand just about any stress you can put on to them. Laura Feller was a great shrub, great ornamental plant, and you're well, well, well worth it to go earn twenty percent off or get twenty percent off at all. The pay locations, sure enough. Just be sure to ask for it. Be sure to ask for it. And if you're just a little, you know, you're tired, you don't want to plant anything, but you do like the color and the look of the Laurel Pedalum, Pike will plant them for you as well. Yes, we will. We do have a great planting service. We call it the, the picking plant where you pick it out and we plant it, or we can do a design for you and plant it then. So it works out good. Any classes coming up, Mickey? Uh, yeah, well, today we've got one um, at Lindbergh. I'm doing. I've done the other last week. We're doing one on uh, fall containers, uh-huh. and so that's going to be fun. And we've got some more coming up. I just don't know what they are, so I can't remember. Don't ask me. You know, because but, I don't ask you because I know there is a place we can go to find all the details. That's exactly right. So, where would we go to find all the details about not only the pipe pick of the weekend, Laura Pedalum, twenty percent off, but also classes that are coming up. PikeNursery.com. Of course. Mickey, I'll look forward to seeing you next Saturday. See you later. See you then. 404-872-0750 is my number. Joanne is in Southeast Atlanta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Joanne, good morning. Oh, good morning, Walter. Hey, Um, good morning. I I would like to know, I love sweet potatoes. Sure. And um, I would like to know, could you give me the directions I know it's too too early right now. Could you yeah. give me the steps for planting sweet potato and when to um, how to um, when they get ripe? And right. uh, I'm gonna hang up and I won't listen. But I love sweet potatoes. But 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 I, I have containers. I, can you plant one in a container? Sure, sure. I had a, I had a guy this past week, Joanne, who sent me a picture of his sweet potato. Joanne, it was as big as a football. As big as a football, that was the biggest sweet potato I've seen in a long time. But the record for a sweet potato, 31 pounds. That's what you have potential to have in your garden. So here's what you do. We don't plant them now. We plant them in the spring. Usually in, you've got to be warm, so in the first of May, usually in the spring. And you don't plant a potato. What you plant is a little stem, a little rooted cutting. It's about five inches long, or you can buy them uh, already planted in pots. But you take it out of the pot, put it in the ground. And as it grows in the ground, then the root forms the potato underneath the vine. And the vine, Joanne, grows like crazy. It will go like kudzu if you let it. And so all okay, summer long. Okay, I don't have. Go ahead. Walter. Okay, I don't have a, a ground. I have a, I live in a. Uh, condominium. Yeah. I have a patio, and I do containers. Can you do? Can you grow one in a container? Sure. Put it on a trellis. Put it on a little uh, on a fence or some way to put wood up in the air to make a little trellis thing for it. To hold the yeah. leaves off the ground. Mm-hmm. It works fine. Works fine. So well, how can I tell when they are ready to be harvest? Woo, next year, about this time next year, put it on your calendar. Sometime around the middle of October is about time to harvest them, as long as we haven't had a frost. And you uh-huh. just go ahead and dig them up. And you will exclaim, Joanne, I promise you, the first thing that comes out of your mouth will be, oh, my God, I didn't realize it was that big. They are much love, bigger than you think. I love sweet potato, but I never seem to, can, to buy enough. So yeah. I thought I was going to plant me some. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, and I hope your back gets better. Me too. Thanks for calling, Joanne. Great question. Thank you, Walter. Bye-bye.
404-872-0750 gets you in to take Joanne's place there. First in line, Danny is in Cumming, Georgia. Hey, Dan, good morning. Good morning, Walter. What an honor it is to speak to an Atlanta legend. <laughs> what can I do for you, Danny? <laughs> Walter, I've just retired after 50 years Ooh, as a fireman. Good man, good man. And if, it, if anybody knows back injuries, yeah. it's me. Yeah, and, uh, I'm a sentimental kind of guy. I was born in 1950, and mm -hmm. my grandmother had, in Lakewood Heights, a fig bush. Uh-huh. It was the very first photo of me, Labor Day 1950. Recently, I was able to get a cutting from that fig bush. I say recently, um, about 24 months ago. Okay. And it's growing in a pot, Walter. So when do I give it its uh, forever home in the ground? Now or next spring? Now. I want to go ahead and put it in the ground because the soil, even though I know it's sort of chilly today, rainy a little bit today, Danny, the soil is still plenty warm enough for root growth to happen between now and in November, December, sometime in there. And so you've got time for this little fig bush or fig cutting, if you want to call it that, to have some more growth, some more establishment phase. And so I think you've got plenty of time to put it in the ground now and let it grow during the wintertime. Next spring, the leaves, of course, will come back on it. And it'll be just that much further ahead. Do it now. Well, let me give you something for your Christian heart. Firemen in the fire stations listen to you every Saturday and make notes. And wow. we pray for you, my friend. Wow, that's great. I appreciate that. Thank you, Danny. God bless. Thank you, sir. We'll see you soon. It's 847 at News Talk WSB. Back to more Lawn and Garden after this. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Walter Reeves on Saturday mornings on your Amazon Echo or Dot? And me too, weekday mornings. Just say, Alexa, play WSB. And we're on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Walter. Song, song of the South, sweet potato pie and I shut my mouth. Gone, gone with the wind, there ain't nobody looking back again. And Justin Ovey hits it out of the park one more time. Sweet potatoes in the south. It's time for harvest time and all through South Carolina. Signs along the highway. Sweet potatoes for sale right here. Get them fresh. Quick weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Scattered showers today. Rain increases through the day. High of 74, low of 60 tonight. Tomorrow, mix of sun and clouds. Rains 20% and high of 73. Low of 52. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. Dot is out in Loganville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Dot, good morning. Good morning, Walter. Hey. I'm, I'm praying for your back. Thank you, ma'am. Heal, I really am. Uh, my question is about hostas. Yes. August, September just looked terrible this year. Bugs eating it, um, something curling around the... Um, yellow growth around the mm. side killing the the leaves could it be slugs or snails that's the common i have guess. tried everything uh-huh have you so tried what is your suggestion i would first you know, it's getting cold right now so i'm not sure you're really going to catch anything that this time of year but next year as soon as you see a hole in the leaf put a little saucer with beer in it put a little jar lid, anything that holds a little bit of thin layer of beer in it, 
And if you have slugs or snails nearby, they'll head for that beer, and they'll you can tell whether or not that's what's causing your problem. Okay, what what's killing it around the edges that it turns yellow? Ooh, hard to tell there. I just I just suspect that slugs or snail is the real base of what we're looking at here, Dot. So that's the first thing I think about. The yellow around the edge, I'm not sure about, but I think slugs and snails is really what we have to control first. And I've heard eggshells because it cuts the snails. And no, it's a garden myth. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. Not at all. Sorry. Okay, I'll get the beer, Walter. All I'll right, Doc. Put your, put your hat you. and your sunglasses on. Make sure nobody from the church sees you in the liquor store. Oh, uh, I won't worry about that. <laughs> right. Betsy is here in Atlanta. Real quickly, Betsy, what's going on with your arborvitae? Hey, Walter. Hey, I Betsy. would uh, like to maintain the height. They're about seven, seven and a half feet tall in yeah. very large wooden planter boxes. Is this a good time to tip the tops a little bit, or sure. do I wait? I don't think there's any problem in doing it now. <clears throat> You'll have to do it every year, obviously. They're not going to stay wherever you cut them. So if you don't mind cutting them at seven, seven and a half feet, yeah, now, now's a good time to do that. Okay, and what about feeding? When and what? Not now. Do it in spring, sometime around April, and use just regular Osmocote. Osmocote's a great shrub fertilizer. Pike sells it. Works really well. It's been a Saturday morning. It's of note because Ashley Frask is in back of the screening chair this morning, and I've greatly missed her for the last couple of weeks while she's been on vacation. Justin Obi has done a great job this morning choosing our music and keeping us on the air. Of course, Mike Shields, the red alerts on traffic. Stay tuned to WSB for all your news that you need to know about traffic. And Robin Walensky, of course, covering national and state news as well. I'm Walter Reeves. I'll be here next Saturday morning for another edition of Lawn and Garden, and I will see you then.